tonight, so let's give him a, a hand of encouragement. Come on up, Jeff. Thank you. I was just thinking about how stately people don't run anymore. I must be getting more stately as I get older because I don't run much anymore either. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Thanks, CJ. That's a good start. All right. It's in Galatians 5 verse 22. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And they are love, joy, peace, patience, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, I've said that, have I? No, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. That's a pretty good list of things, isn't it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And just for good measure, it goes on to say, and there, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires, which is the next one, just for good measure. If we go through that list, I think we can sort of handle love, joy, peace. Yeah, they're pretty easy. Starts getting a bit more tricky after that. Patience, kindness, that's oh, not too bad. Goodness, faithfulness, oh, self-control. Oh. Kate made a key lime pie yesterday. Had to do a lot of control, self-control. Sheridan's like, oh, I don't really like it, Daddy. And I'm like, oh, well, your loss. <laughs> so I got two pieces. I have to suck my thing in so my shirt doesn't stick out too much. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. Good things, hey? I'm just going to contrast them a little bit to the gifts of the Spirit. Because sometimes I think we get the process a little bit backwards. So who's got a fruit tree at home? Oh, just Andrew, I was hoping a little bit more than that. That's all right. That's cool. You've all seen fruit trees, right? This is Queensland. We grow some of the best fruit around, yeah? Good. We were just in Tassie and they grew apples and cherries and all manner of things. So fruit grows on trees, right? That's a little bit different to a gift. Who's got a Christmas tree? Gifts don't grow on a Christmas tree, do they? Depending on, oh, I better not say too much here. There's some little people here. Those gifts just arrive under the Christmas tree. Let's not specify how they get there in case I damage some psyches tonight. So there's a difference between fruit, which grows on a tree, and gifts, which basically just arrive. They're given under a Christmas tree. But I think sometimes as Christians, we get those processes a little bit mixed up. We try and work really hard for the gifts of the Spirit. Think, oh, we'll go to 16 prayer meetings and we'll study and we'll do this. And we try and earn the gifts of the Spirit. And on the flip side, we just expect God to give us the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, Lord, just give me some patience. I need a bit more self-control. Need a bit more goodness, a bit love. Oh, give me some peace. That's not kind of how it works. He gives us the gifts of the Spirit, but unfortunately, we have to work out. We have to grow the fruit. Fruit is actually 
a sign of growth, of maturity, of development, and like a gift which is just given to you. Yeah? Getting a bit quiet there. That's all right. So we are given gifts because they're gifts. Yeah? And we develop the fruit of the Spirit. So let's go to another scripture. This is out of James 1, 2 to 4. Anyone on a message? Title on the message? Anyone taking notes? No, that's all right. I won't give a title then. This is how to be an awesome Christian in just 41 simple years. Because that's how I am, 41. So this is all the knowledge that I've accumulated. So how to be a successful Christian in just 41 years. So James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy. It's on the screen up the back. That's awesome. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, my eyesight's it's not that good, of many kinds, because know, oh, I better put it forward, know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So that's the process for developing the fruit. Trials, perseverance, and then completion. Pause for effect. So we're going to have a look at these things out of James chapter 1. So the first one, consider it pure joy. So there's one of the fruit right there, joy. So psychologist says that we can decide on the emotions that go with a, an experience. They call it reframing. So you can go through an experience and feel some emotions, but you can actually reframe that and put some different emotions around it if you choose to. If you consider it pure joy when you're going through your trial, you can take away those negative emotions and you can replace it with some more positive emotions. Yeah? It's all right. It's good. So you can consider it a bummer, a drag. What do they call it these days, guys? Joel? I don't know. Whatever. Or you can consider it joy. So we were talking to the kids this morning, and I thought that was just amazing. Really simple. We're talking about robbing fear of its power. And they made this little acronym out of ROB. R was remember. Just remember some of the promises that God said. And we've been singing tonight about some of those promises about having confidence in those promises because he's never failed us. So that's remembering. One O was about open your mouth to speak out those. So we're singing out those promises, stirring up our faith. My mother-in-law, you go to her house and she's just got scriptures just posted everywhere. You go to the pantry, there's someone on the front of the pantry, you open the pantry door, there's more on there. You move the sugar out, there's something on the sugar. 
You go to the toilet, you're sitting on the toilet and there's more scriptures on the bathroom mirror. You go and wash your hands and there's more scriptures on the vanity mirror. She's going to post it everywhere. But I can tell you one thing, every time she goes there, she is speaking those out. And the B is, you've got to battle it out. Fear's trying to stop you from doing something. So sometimes you've got to battle through that to overcome it. So when you're going through your trial, consider it a joy. Reframe that. Stop going, oh, I've got to go through this again, another trial. You've got to reframe that and make it a joyful thing. I know that's difficult. And I love when Ben Natoko gets up there and he talks about that one where he's worshipping and he started off and he was like, bless the Lord, oh my soul. But the more he did it, the more his spirit was stirred up, the more joyful he became. And that's why we do worship. Not because we like to have good music. It's not just Joel's got nothing to do. Just, well, we'll come on and play the guitar then. I've got... 25 minutes between the start of the, mess, the service and when I get up here to preach. No, we do it because we're going to bring out the joy in you. We're going to express those words, those promises that God has, put them in the song. Because you know what? You remember them better when you sing them. All right, so we'll move on. So it goes a little bit further. It says, when you face trials of many kinds. So I'm sorry to say there's not one trial. There are many trials. Many of the same type and many of different kinds. Yay. Everyone's really excited by that. Woohoo! Many trials. When we're down in Tasmania, we're walking around some of the forests down there. And we saw these trees. And you can't put your arms around them. They are so enormous. And we're reading some of the inscriptions on there, and they reckon they're, you know, many hundreds of years old, even before the, when the settlers got there, because they see some of the, like, demarcations when the settlers had put some signs in there or tried to cut a branch down or something. So they'd, they'd been there longer than sort of, you know, 250 years and they reckon over on the west coast, there was ones that were even older than that. You imagine those trees. They would have seen hundreds of different seasons. Dry seasons, wet seasons, fires. We went, as we were driving up there, there was one bit where this wind came through about 25 years ago and just basically wiped out a whole section of this forest. And, and they'd actually left the forest and it was starting to regrow again. It was like 30 years ago. Most of my kids weren't even alive then. And I say that because the Bible calls us like trees planted by a river. We're going to have to withstand some dry seasons, some wet seasons, some fires. And we still should be standing there beside that river. So we know that we're a body, we're a soul, we're a spirit, right? So I want to just sort of tie that in a little bit when it says many kinds. Sometimes we get tested in the physical sense in our bodies. We get sick. We get tired. 
you get frail, you get hungry. And if we look at Jesus' testing in Matthew chapter 4, that was one of the first things that Satan came to him. He'd been fasting for 40 days. And Satan came and said, well, those rocks look tasty. Why don't you make them into bread? I've never done a 40-day fast. I can imagine getting to day 39. I would have just eaten the rock. <laughs> I wouldn't have bothered about turning into bread. I would have just eaten that rock. I remember hearing a story about a guy named Wes Campbell. And, and he'd done a couple of 40-day fasts. And he reckons he'd got to about day 35. And his daughter came up and said, Oh, can you make me a peanut butter sandwich? He's like, Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So he's put the peanut butter on without thinking. He's put it in his mouth, wiped the peanut butter off. And he said the next 10 minutes were a blur, but there were, there were empty jars of peanut butter and <laughs> loaves of bread strewn everywhere. So we can get tested in the body. We can get tested emotionally. So Jesus was rejected by his own nation. Job. Job lost his whole family. Lost all his possessions. Imagine the loss that goes with that, the emotional heartache that goes with that. And the next bit is we can be tested in our beliefs, in our spiritual walk. So when Satan came to Jesus, he said, took him up onto the mountain and looked over Jerusalem and he said, look out over all of these things. I can make them yours. And Jesus' mission was to actually achieve that. He was to come down and take dominion over the earth, but not that way. Not by bowing down to Satan. His mission was to actually go to the cross, conquer death, conquer the grave, and then God would have given him all that. So it's just interesting to look at the way that Satan comes at us. Just have a look at his tactics. So if the point is around perseverance, what does Satan do? He comes at us and tries to give us an easy out. Jesus is out there and he said, why don't you make those stones into bread? He said to Jesus, why don't you just bow down to me and I'll just give you the earth anyway. So when our trial, when the goal of our trial is about perseverance, Satan will come at us and he will try and give us an easy out. So we need to be pretty wary when we've been waiting for something and then all of a sudden, boom, this opportunity pops up. And it looks exactly like what we want. But sometimes that's just Satan trying to get in and cut off that process and trick us into taking an easy way out. And Satan loves to come in there and distract us. So we think we're doing this. And all of a sudden Satan comes out of left field and goes, oh, how about this? And all of a sudden, like Pastor Malcolm was saying this morning, we think we're walking this way, and then all of a sudden, we end up walking the wrong way. 
Because Satan comes in and he distracts us. It's his job to rob and steal, cheat and lie. God's got a long game in plan. His coaches talk about the long game. It's a long game. We've got a two or three year plan. Yeah, he's still losing right now, but in two or three years we're going to win. He's hoped that the board and the fans and everybody else can hold on that long. Otherwise, you've been sacked and we'll get another blow in. God's got a long game. Satan, he wants to give you an out, give you an easy way out. Hope that you'll take that and give up your future. Jesus wasn't that silly and I hope you guys aren't as well. So just be careful, young guys. When this beautiful woman shows up, she looks like she's the right thing. Just make sure that make sure you do your homework. So it might just be Satan trying to get in to distract you from your real purpose, from your real mission. Yeah? Sorry, Wayne, look at your job. All right, so the third point is perseverance is key to this process. Fruit just doesn't appear fully matured on a tree. Does it, Andrew? I haven't got a fruit tree at home. I'm assuming you don't just walk out one day and there's lemons in a bowl on your bench or mangoes in the fridge. It doesn't just happen like that. There's a process. There's a flower. A flower gets pollinated, turns into a little bud that grows into a mini fruit and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually it ripens and then you can pick it and eat it. So if you're a fruit grower, it's going to take a little bit of perseverance. We went to a lavender farm when we were in Tassie and they go around, they cut all the heads off the lavender flowers and they go in there and they extract the lavender out they put it into a big vat. And then they wait six months while the lavender oil matures. Imagine if, that, if you were in that for a quick return. Yeah, yeah, what do we do? What do we do? Oh, we go out and cut the flower. Yeah, 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 what do we do? What do we do? Oh, you extract the oil out. What do we do? Oh, you wait six months. Come again? <laughs> Come again? <laughs> I'm in this for a quick deal. Perseverance. It's going to take some time between when you see the flower and when you get the fruit. I've got some more scriptures up here. This one's from Romans. Because Paul likes suffering, I think. <laughs> he wrote about it quite a lot. This is Romans chapter 5, about verse 5. No, verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory... In our sufferings. So we've got joy, now we've got glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. That sounds like fun. Suffering, perseverance. And perseverance builds character. Character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. I love that. Who's ever hoped in something and it's come up bad? They've been following a footy team. They get all the way to the grand final. You hope they're going to win this year. And they get slaughtered. But I can tell you, when you hope 
in God does not put us to shame. He's not wrong. Might take a little longer than we hoped for, but he comes through for us. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I had a little story. I was on kids this morning. I'll be honest, I didn't really want to be there. I didn't have a great night's sleep. I was tired. had a little twinge in my back. I wasn't feeling the best. So I'm out there. I'm being faithful because, you know, apparently that's what you've got to do. I had this little girl come up to me and she just put her arms out. And please don't sack me for this, but I, she wanted a little cuddle, so I, I gave her a little side-by cuddle and she said, you know, I don't get very many cuddles anymore because mummy and daddy are split up. And I was like, Jeff, you nearly missed that. Because <laughs> on the Saturday I was really close to ringing Michelle up and going, oh, I just don't feel like doing kids' crew. World changes. Sorry, I keep calling it kids' crew. <laughs> That's a thousand years ago. And we can nearly miss our opportunities because we don't persevere long enough to get to those little special moments when you can have an impact on somebody's life and let God's love be poured out into somebody's heart. So this one's from 2 Peter 1 verse 4 and 5. So for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to your goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control, there it is again, perseverance, godliness and to your godliness affection and to your affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, They will keep you from being, look at this, ineffective, unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How's about that? You want to be effective? You want to be productive? You want to do something with all that knowledge that you've got in there about our Lord Jesus Christ? And start doing those things. Add to your faith goodness. I better back up there. Add to your goodness more knowledge, self-control, and then persevere. Start liking some of your fellow Christians, your fellow mates at work. And then you might actually genuinely develop a love for them. And you know what? Then your testimony might be effective and productive. So there is some good news. At the end of all that persevering, there's some good news. So this is back into Romans. So Paul did have some good news rather than just about suffering. It says, now if we children, we are children, sorry, we children. Grammar's not my strong point. Then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. We 
we can share in the glory that Jesus has won on the cross. That might be in those little moments when we get to witness somebody transformed from darkness into light. It will certainly be when we get up to heaven and rejoice in all the glory that is heaven. So perseverance does have some benefits. We go through the suffering, we can come out the other side and enjoy the glory. Last one. This is out of James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That's a great thought, isn't it? We persevere on earth, we go through the trials, we overcome, and our reward is the crown of life. I don't know if that's exciting to you, but that excites me. And sometimes perseverance is hard work. And us men, we're a bit goal-orientated. We need to have something at the end of all that to make it worthwhile. Yeah? So knowing that there's a crown of life at the end of it, knowing that there's the glory of Jesus, that one day we'll be up, seated at the right hand with Jesus in heaven. The nice little crown of life went ahead. I believe we've got to throw them down at Jesus' feet anyway, but, you know, that's by the by. So just in summary, the fruit... It's love, joy, it's peace. But the process to get there is about persevering through trials. Because in those trials, we learn all of those things about love, about joy, about peace. Perseverance is long-suffering, so I guess you get that one for free. So unfortunately, we do have to go through some of these trials. But it's worth it in the end. It's about character. It's about hope. And when we have those, it makes it so much easier to talk to our friends and our neighbours who are going through similar difficulties. And we can speak, not out of head knowledge, but out of experience, out of a love. And we can speak into their lives and say, you know what? My God heals. My God saves. My God can take your brokenness And he can make it something glorious. Why? Because we've been through that. We know on the other side that God never fails. We have a hope. We have a surety. Our faith is not broken. We know that we know that we know that our God reigns. And I love that thing in Job where after he'd gone through all of that trials, after he'd proved to Satan that he couldn't be broken, that he wouldn't curse God, God blessed him double than what he had before. He brought back, restored his family, restored his possessions. And he just went, Satan, you look what I'm going to do to my son. 
Can I grab the work music team back up? You want to sing that song about do it again? So I wish that we didn't have to go through trials, but we do. And let me tell you, they don't come when we want them to come. We're like, I'm feeling really energetic. I'm feeling full of faith, so bring on a trial. I was preparing not this message, a different message, because I went through three of them. And I got a phone call from my brother. My dad fell down the stairs yesterday, busted himself up real bad. You know, I'm trying to put a message together and all of these other things are happening around me. The trials don't come when we want them to come and that's a little bit by design. If they were easy, they wouldn't necessarily produce the fruit that we want. We get these tiny little fruit. Little bitter, tiny fruit. Has ever had something like that? It's like there's a little fruit hanging on there. Go, oh, it'll be all right. Philly, look, looks like a lemon. It'll be all right. Cut it open, it tastes like. Oh. I had a persimmon once. Who's ever had a right unripe persimmon? I couldn't taste anything for about three weeks. So we go through trials. Not because God's a saddest. Because God wants us to mature, to be complete, not lacking in anything. So these guys are going to sing this song again. Your chance to stand up. Just worship there. And when we sing those chorus about His promise, You hold on to that promise about him never failing us. You sing those words out and you tie your experience to that. And you let God intervene in your situation. And you hold on until he does.